Hi-ho, Tudor-minded people. It's Philadelphia Carey for Tudor Time Machine. The word I share with you this week is a vouch. I am a noble lady of discretion, and though I hesitate to speak of my own charms, I have been told I have many. Thus it is my lot to be noted by many fine gentlemen at court, and it is also my lot to find clever and subtle ways to put off those gentlemen who do not please me in return. For my friends, there is nothing so dangerous as a spurned and insulted gentleman. He might do much damage to one's interests at court. He might gossip and invent tales and spread a cursed rumour about one's modesty. One cannot simply avouch, Sir, I find you detestable and disgusting with your rotten breath, your droopy eyelids and your stuffed codpiece. Persecute me no more. Avouch. How now, Tudor Files? What think you? If you're new here, I'm Gage. I'm Jessica. And we're here with Philadelphia Carey for Tudor Word of the Week. Don't miss a word and listen to the Tudor Time Machine Story Project. Jessica reads a chapter of Time's Riddle and then my dear friends discuss the history behind the mystery. How diverting. So subscribe on YouTube and give me a like. Thank you so much for listening. And we want to thank Feedspot for naming our podcast one of the top 10 Tudor podcasts on the web. Number two, to be exact. Tudor Files are an amazing bunch. Every one of you has the wit of Rosalind and the heart of Cordelia. Philadelphia, can you give us the spelling of avouch, our word of the week? It is spelled A-V-O-U-C-H, avouch. And Jessica and I ask Philadelphia to spell the words because we are both terrible spellers. <laughs> and avouch means to admit something openly and bluntly. So now we use vouch, but to me, that's more like you're defending a fact, you know, from your personal experience or kind of expertise. It's kind of lawyerly, formal, vouch used only in a really serious setting. But in the 16th century, a vouch was more commonplace. I mean, it meant to be direct, to lay it on the line. And that was something that was almost impossible to do at court in the 16th century. Well, I mean, now, especially in the West, we value bluntness. Like, well, plain speaking. But I don't think that was so true in the Tudor period. I agree. There was definitely more value in language that hid the meaning. So you had to be in the know. Right. And there was some value in describing things in complicated ways. But of course, in the political world, everyone still tries not to avouch anything. And the play our word comes from is Shakespeare's Macbeth, where there is, of course, much double dealing, betrayal, political maneuvering, murder. I love this play. And there's a reason it has survived as one of Shakespeare's most popular works. Every age understands political ambition, guilt, being hunted by your past. And this play, it takes place in Scotland of a kind of clans, but it can be set in any time period and it kind of can be costumed in any way because its themes are very relatable. It's really flexible to lots of interpretations. And also, of course, there are a lot of fight scenes and battle scenes, and those were really popular with 16th century audiences. Oh, 
And we still love fight scenes, sword play. It's so fun. Macbeth is also a play that's worked really well on film. It's got almost a fairy tale-ish quality about it that just allows it to live. Philadelphia, can you give us a basic summary of the play? The work is set in Scotland, and Macbeth is a general for the King Duncan. Macbeth meets witches on a deserted plain and is told by the weird sisters that he will be King of Scotland. He tells his wife, Lady Macbeth, about this encounter, and she says they should hurry along this future by killing the king. Oh, it is monstrous. They kill the king, and Macbeth rises, but he and his wife are plagued by guilt. Macbeth must commit more murder to retain his place. He's haunted by the ghosts. Civil war breaks out. Lady Macbeth dies in her mad regret, and at last Macbeth dies in the bloody fight. Oh, it is a most tragic and compelling tale. It really is. And like most of the plays of this period, the story comes from an older source. Shakespeare was not alone in pulling his source material from other tales. It was a very common practice at this time. I first read this tale of the Scottish king in my Holinshed's Chronicles. A 16th century English bestseller. It was a history of the British Isles, which was first published in 1577. Now, these chronicles avouch to be a history, but there is a lot of invention and apocryphal stories and just makes for very good reading. And it made for great material for Shakespeare. Historians don't know exactly when the play was written, but it was probably written after James I took the throne. Oh, yes, indeed. Our King James was most grievously concerned with witchcraft. I shudder at the thought of the weird sisters. And of course, James was Scottish. So choosing a story set in Scotland was a good choice for Shakespeare, who wanted to please his new patron. Or it could have been a bit of a dodgy choice because maybe James was going to take offense at lawless, clannish Scotland where murder regicide and all these things could happen. We really don't know if the play was popular at the time or not. There's only one account of it being performed at the Globe in 1610. So it's hard to know. Philadelphia, can you give us Macbeth's speech where he uses the word avouch? With pleasure, Macbeth plots to kill the noble Banquo. Even as Macbeth rises to be king after the murder of Duncan, he is not content. Part of the witch's prophecy was that Macbeth would be king, but Banquo would father a line of kings. Macbeth will kill Banquo to prevent this. He hires murderers and says to them, So is he mine, and in such bloody distance that every minute of his being thrusts against my nearest of life. And though I could with bare-faced power sweep him from my sight and bid my will avouch it, yet I must not. For certain friends that are both his and mine, whose loves I may not drop, but wail his fall, who I myself struck down, and thence it is, that I to your assistance do make love, masking the business from the common eye for sundry weighty reasons. Great speech. That I to your assistance do make love. Hot stuff. Sexy stuff. I mean, wow. The speeches in this play, Macbeth's, is this a dagger I see before me? His out, out, brief candle, Lady Macbeth's out damn spot. I mean, the list of the hits goes on, right? I avouch that Shakespeare was at the top of his game when he wrote Macbeth. I too avouch it. 
So give heed to the files, bring some 16th century source to your vocabulary with a vouch. Listen in next time. Don't miss a word. Subscribe on YouTube and give me a like. Thank you.